Welcome to episode three. I am Martin Johnstone, and thank you for joining me. As I've gotten further and further into understanding what I want to get across, I've realized that there's a lot of background that I've done that you aren't privy to. So I promise not to rush things. I promise not to make things any more complicated than I have to. And I promise to dive deeply, as deep as I can stand. And I invite you to push me further. To recap, we're talking about the idea that time is not a tyrant. And that age is not a destroyer. And that age can be an ally. And that time can be our friend. Now, most people tell me that they're short on time or that they're running out of time. But most people will tell me and have told me, I have been asking people over the last week, and they've all agreed that they understand time. Well, I am Martin Johnstone, and I disagree. One of my favorite books, a book that I think everybody should have, is Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. It essentially outlines the origins of most of the things we take for granted. And how we spend a lot of time using the English language as a tool when people before us have made it so that it's not only a tool, but it can be a friend, it can be a weapon, and it can be our comfort zone. And it can also be the thing that challenges us most. A dictionary of phrase and fable uses both the history of the word as well as the etymology, the origins, the roots, and gets very much into the idea of context and how something has landed in our language today from where it originated from. Well, I'm on page 1181 of my millennium edition. And of course the word at the top is time. So this afternoon, I'm going to spend some time going through all of the entries and giving all of us an opportunity to reflect on what we really understand time to be with a little guidance from what time has been considered to be across the ages. Time. Time and tide wait for no man. One of the many sayings denoting the folly of procrastination. Huh. 
I think of my mother every time I hear the word procrastination because she taught it me. And she used to tell me that procrastination was the thief of time. And then she made a fatal mistake. She let me go to art school where I was introduced to the idea that people eat when they're hungry and they sleep when they're tired. And the rest of the time, they either create or are waiting to create. John Slattery, playing Roger Sterling in Mad Men, walks into Don Draper's office at the beginning of, of series one and says to him, it's the first or second episode, and says to him, so often I walk in here and it looks as though you're doing nothing. I think everybody with an imagination, everybody with a creative bone, everybody with a job that requires thinking, and every job requires thoughtfulness, clarity, carefulness. How often can it look like somebody's not doing anything when in actuality they could be contemplating the theory of space-time or they could be trying to figure out what to get you for your birthday or how to make that chocolate ganache that you like so much. But that requires thought and time and it looks like you're doing nothing. I always look like I'm doing nothing when I'm always doing something. I don't believe in procrastination. I've read too much about the idea that people who accuse you of procrastinating are actually having a trauma response to the fact that you look like you're doing nothing, yet their suspicions are that you accomplish much more than they do in any given day, week, month, or year for the simple reason that you are thoughtful about the things that you do, whereas they're always in survival mode. And they have been in survival mode since somebody attacked them with the idea of procrastination early on in their lives and created an incredible amount of trauma around sitting around and doing nothing when in actuality you are doing something. Existing. And processing the unconscious and the subconscious and trying to disseminate between what your ego is feeding you and what reality is. Time expired. Applied to soldiers whose term of service is completed. Also used of convicts who have served their sentences. The clear and present trauma of being incarcerated and the clear and present trauma associated with war means that those times never end. Soul injuries from incarceration, soul injuries from being in theaters of war and surviving them. There's a survivor's guilt. There's a shame and guilt of coming home. There's the idea that the people don't deserve feel as though they deserve what they get, whether they be accolades or judgment. And what's the truth? The time never ends. They may be stuck in a loop. They may be constantly reintroduced to the clear and present trauma that they experienced previously. So many of us know that feeling so many of us understand that it's too complicated to say that it isn't 1986 at the moment. When money was tight and people didn't understand what was going on in the world. And there was such a separation between the rich and the poor, those who have and those who have not. 
But then for people who I know who have given their service, who I am really grateful for, you know, one of the things that I've come to learn from them is the idea that it's like they're living two lives. The life before they enlisted, that pocket of time while they were serving, and their life now. And so many of them volunteer, and so many of them still serve in some way, shape, or form. But explaining the service to people, it's almost, or explaining the time of service to people, it's almost insulting. That it's not about 18 months in the theater. It's not about doing a 365-day tour and then doing another 365-day tour after a little R&R or an at-home leave. No, it's about the idea that it never ended. You know, I mean, you could watch probably most movies set in theaters of war. And one of the things that you learn is that even anything set in a jail or a prison, which are mostly inaccurate and badly, badly written, the truth is that There are a couple of exceptions, but the one thing you learn is that just like casinos, battlefields and prisons don't have clocks. And there's a reason for that. Because when you're risking your life with every breath that you take, when you're risking your livelihood, your savings, your mental capacity, your intelligence, with every action you take or breath that you take, you're testing your ethics and your moral convictions at every turn, every second. The thing that you learn is that you don't want to know what time it is when you're doing that. You don't want to know what time you finally fall asleep. You don't know what you don't want to know what time it is when you wake up in the morning. In the old days, my uncle used to tell me, "When you're incarcerated, you do two days: the day you go in and the day you go out, get out. And in between, there's nothing." Time, gentlemen, please. The traditional announcement for closing time in bars and public houses. We've all heard that, but we know that there's one truth. It only means that you don't have to go home, but you can't stay there. And then there's, of course, after time and after hours and extra time. Time honored Lancaster. Old John of Gaunt, Duke of Lancaster, 1340 to 1399. So-called by Shakespeare, Richard II. Act one, scene one. Because his memory had been honored by time. His father was Edward III, his son Henry IV, and his nephew Richard II. And through his great-granddaughter, Margaret Beaufort, he is the ancestor of all British sovereigns. From Henry VII, Margaret's son, Shakespeare calls him old. But he was only 59 at his death. <laughs> 
But wasn't that about experience? Time lag. The term given to the pause that elapses between a cause and its effect. Well, we know that. <laughs> Don't we? Don't we all have the idea that we're still processing stuff from last Tuesday? That it's 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 like one of those bombs going off where the window shatters what seems like minutes later because of the blast radius and because of the impact, speed of sound. I mean, do we really understand that we're constantly processing things at different paces at different effects? The orange juice has bits in it and I don't like bits. Okay, fine. I've processed that. But have I processed the idea that I either bought the orange juice without reading the label? And what was I thinking about instead of whether the orange juice has bits in it or not? Was I going to the supermarket while I was thinking about something else? What else was I thinking about? Does something bother me a lot more than I'm letting on? Do I have something to say to somebody and as a result, I'm not processing things at my normal speed. Or maybe there is no such thing as a normal speed or a normalized speed. Time of grace. They see the sporting season in England. I say, okay. The time of one's life. A memorable, pleasant, or highly enjoyable time. Okay. Well, that takes us very much to the idea that we're at the end of our lives and we're looking backwards. And what we think today is the most important thing in our lives. Is that going to be the same as when we're on our deathbeds and we're looking backwards? Manuel Kant looked backwards and saw that when he discovered there was actually a black swan, that was the most important part of his life. But he certainly didn't think that that was going to be the most important part of his life before he discovered the black swan. Or at least until he got to the end of his life, he probably hoped that something more significant would occur. But having your entire philosophy completely destroyed by the sighting of one thing, that's pretty significant. But the most important point in our life, we don't know what it is until we get to the end and look backwards and see. We might feel like it's happening at the time, but how do we know it's the time of our life until our life is over? That's why we have to do what we want to do now. That's why we have to love who we love now through action in any way we possibly can. Time of troubles. In Russian history, the years 1584 to 1613 a period of monarchical instability, foreign intervention, social disorder, and economic crises. Sound familiar? It began with the accession of Ivan IV's son, Theodore, who was incapable of exercising his office, with resultant intrigues among the boyars, and did not end until the accession 
of Michael Romanov in 1613. Boris Godunov was proclaimed czar in 1598 and ruled until his death in 1605. But from 1604, various pretenders intrigued for the throne. In 1609, King Sigismund of Poland intervened and Patriarch Hermogen stimulated national resistance, which led to the election of Michael by the Zemsky, Sobor, and the expulsion of the Poles. Hmm. Time out of mind. Time longer than anyone can remember. For some of us, that's yesterday. Time sharing. A system of part ownership, whereby each participant buys the right to use a holiday home or a car or a life for the same fixed period annually. All in good time? Well, that's an excuse. It's just a question of being patient. Suspending the wanting at some point. At that moment in time? Well, beat time, behind the times, big time, borrowed time, to buy time. No amount of money has ever bought a moment of time. I'm just kicking the can down the road, as some people say. Closing time, that's time, gentlemen, please. Double time, down time, drinking up time, same as time, gentlemen, please, and closing time. So, so far, alcohol is winning. Father Time. You know, I read a book once. (laughs) Just one. And there was a story in it um, out of Heavy Metal Magazine called Godfather Death. And there was a reference at that point to the idea that as his godfather, this boy thought he was protected from dying, that he would be immortal. And, of course, the implication is that the boy is time. Don't forget that time is a flat circle, the Nietzsche. And that we have to understand that death, the entity, the closure that ends and begins all life. So it's the end of one stage of existence in the portal, the gateway into another stage of existence that we are all firmly anchored to, tethered to. And we have no way to get past a certain point in our lives where we don't begin to understand and feel like there's more to this universe than just our physical experience. And everybody has that question. Yet there we are faced with the reality that in the 20th century, in the 19th century, in the 18th century, it was appropriate for people to call time father time. And to associate this person, this entity that the beginning of every year was a baby and at the end of every year was an old man. And we were suspending the idea that time knows no limits, knows no bounds, is not alone as it is space-time, not time, that we operate within the confines of. People say from time immemorial or from time to time. 
We gain time. We have good times. A good time was had by all. Go to Greenwich. Go to the Naval Observatory. Go and see the clocks. Go to Northern California. Try to find the Long Now Foundation and look at the 10,000-year clock. Don't forget the clock you looked at, you look at covers an hour and then a 24-hour period. Imagine looking at something that's covering 10,000 years. We do things in half the time. We have half the time. We have a time of it to have a time of it to experience problems or difficulties. What, like Job? (laughs) Have had one's time. In the Second World War, a British soldier's expression for being ripe for death to expect imminent disaster. And the Royal Navy, part of the traditional wakey-wakey chant when calling the hands in. You're over, you've had your time, i.e. your allotted period of rest. Have no time for someone to be intolerant of them or impatient with them. Have time in no time, less than no time, very quickly, almost instantly. Mercury was the god of speed. He was also the god of thieves. reason why I mention that is because the understanding, he was also the god of messengers. The understanding is that he's a time traveler. That's why he was a god of thieves. They all worship the idea that he'd never get caught. Because if he wanted something, he would just go to the past or the future in order to get it. His fate, of course being that he's never in one place at a time. Am I? I mean, I'm constantly thinking about Northern California. I'm constantly thinking about where the people I love are, what they're doing. Are they safe? Are they sleeping okay? Are they having a good day? Is the weather okay? How much of my time do I spend wholly present with myself? I have to meditate to do that. It's becoming increasingly longer and longer that I meditate. Because I have to learn to be present for myself in order to be present for anybody else. And I suggest that that's true of all of us. And that's one of the reasons why. Because we want more time. And the wanting is the suffering, and wanting more time is impossible. What we're actually saying is that we want to finally discover what it is we have to sacrifice in order to feel as though we have more agency, more autonomy, more freedom. Time is not a prison. Time is not a tyrant. Time Yes, in the nebulous sense, is a gift. But more than that, it's a tool. It's how you exercise your agency in freedom, how you spend your time is what we would say, but actually how we invest our time to make the time that we have 
have more what? Value, more worth. When you're a freelancer, you don't like billing by the hour. You want to bill by project. You want to be told how much you're going to get paid so that you can manage your own time. Because if it's a job that you can do in 15 hours and they're paying you for 30 hours, then that's better margins for you. But wait a minute. Is that the way it works? People talk about getting paid by the hour. They want to know if they should get paid by the week, by the month, by the year. I try to tell them all the time. You want to talk to people about money? Find the people who run businesses that take a dividend, a bonus every three years in retro. And when they do that, it's because they want to make sure that everybody who works with them has gotten what they're worth and they want to be paid last for the previous three years. Does that have something to do with money? No, that has everything to do with time. You make your employees realize that to you, it's not about quarterly results. Or what have you done for me lately in the sales round? Or how did the marketing campaign perform this quarter? It's about tethering yourself to the minimum a strategic framework should be built for. Your inward growth, how your talent goes. Your outward growth, how your brand performs. And your upward growth, how your revenue and Profits perform your return on capital employed, your compounded annual growth rates, your free cash flow. And we look at how much a CEO gets paid for the year for two years, for 10 years. And, you know, we know that they get paid nowadays based on stock performance. And they own stock and options themselves. But the truth is that it's not a bet on money for them. It's a bet on time. Are they going to get enough time from the people that control their time, the board, the investors, the media? common shareholders. You can say in the nick of time, you can know the time of day. In other words, you can be knowledgeable. You can say a long time, no see. You can't make time. They say to make time. I'll make time for you. You can't make time. You can sacrifice something and choose what you love about what you want above what you want. 
I can't say enough that the wanting is a source of suffering. And when you want more time, you are now doubling your suffering because the universe is expanding at 900 million miles per second on either end. But that doesn't mean that more time is being created, more space-time is being created, more of something which in, within which the confines of the universe can take the impact of the time that's being created by the passing of time. Not before time. Old time this, old time that. We can pass the time of day. We all want peace in our time. We've all played for time before. We've all served our time in relationships, in the criminal justice system, and at work. We've all taken our time. But how often do we understand that the time that it took is the time it was supposed to take? And that there's nothing in between. There is a saying, take time by the forelock. Seize the present moment. Carpe diem. Time, called by Shakespeare, Shakespeare, that bold sexton, the thing that directs us, King John, Act 3, Scene 1, is represented with a lock of hair on his forehead, but none on the rest of his head, to signify the time past cannot be used, but time present may be seized. The saying is attributed to Pittacus of Mytilene, one of the wise men of Greece. It is also suggested that the Statue of Opportunity by Lysippus inspired the phrase. I think that by going through that list, I planted a seed in your minds about the idea that so many of us have never been actually asked what time is to us. Is it a tool? Is it something we don't want to think about? So we say, I don't know. Maybe we think that there is no consequence to it. But the news this week that Bruce Willis was diagnosed with dementia at 67 years old. You know, 35 years ago, he was on Moonlighting. It was the number one television show in the world. That was only 35 years ago. He was already 32. Sixty-seven years old, and he's been diagnosed with dementia. Did he have enough time? Did he get to say everything he wanted to say? He used to go on David Letterman and do something called the Celebrity Bulletin Board, where he would look at the camera and ask somebody to call him. <laughs> Using that time on that platform 
for that specific reason. When These Walls Could Talk came out, he was interviewed on the red carpet with Demi Moore. And they asked, why are you here tonight? And he just said, to support Demi. I wish I was more supportive. I just, it's all I want to be. I mean, I hope I'm more supportive to the people I love. I hope I'm more supportive to anybody who needs it. Anybody who's ever asked me to be. But the truth is that that moment, it did make me realize that he wasn't sacrificing something. He was just being himself. Truly. I mean, I met him 30 years ago, longer. They were filming Die Hard 3 across the street from the office because we were at One Chase Plaza on William Street and right across the street because that was the one where they took the tanks out of the Federal Reserve Building, which was to the left. And then we, the lot across the street is where they created the fake subway system. The graffiti stayed there forever. And once I knew what they were doing, I went looking for him. <laughs> I had to meet him for the first time. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Because I'm not a part of his story. And his story doesn't end at 67. But it's the same thing with Jimmy Carter, who's accepted hospice care after a number of hospitalizations lately. I'm old enough to remember when he was elected. And now I come to realize that nineteen seventy six is a really important year in a lot of people's lives. And I genuinely understand Jimmy Carter probably a lot better than I understand other presidents because he's the one I've read about the most because after I read Leadership by Kissinger, sorry, Diplomacy by Kissinger, Leadership's the new book, I I, I began to understand that Kissinger, you didn't see presidents as anything more than the person he had to talk to and convince because the president was going. Kissinger and the State Department and the generic foreign policy machine and the overwhelming um, behind-the-scenes machine in American politics, that wasn't going anywhere. Democrat, Republican didn't make a difference as long as they kept it to a two-party system and as long as they, 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 they understood that there were people who could work for both sides of the aisle without any question. He saw diplomacy as a timeless pursuit. That there was no clock on it. There wasn't a four-year term limit. A four-year term, an eight-year term limit, rather. I mean, look at the foreign office in the UK. Their policies have been grinding on under a conservative government since Cameron. It's 2010. It's 13 years later. We've known nothing in Britain but conservative foreign policy. 
And we know what that's done to the world. We know what that's done to Yemen and we know what it's done to Syria. And we even know what it's done to Turkey. And in the recent light of devastating earthquakes, tens of thousands of people have been killed. If you've ever been in an earthquake, there's a moment before the earthquake that you always remember because it was so peaceful compared to what happened next for a very short period of time. In an explanation of the theory of relativity, it's 10 minutes with a pretty girl feels a lot better than 10 minutes at the dentist. Going forward this week, I want to ask you to determine which are the moments in your 168 hours that felt better than the rest. Which are the moments that made you feel closer to being you? And ultimately, what are the moments that you thought of time as something more than you previously did. We'll talk about 168 a little bit more next week, and then we'll also talk about age as an ally. But in the meantime, I want to remind you that as you walk through this week, you're allowed to ask people the question of what time means to them. And try to get them to see the idea that it's a lot more than we are being fed or, or it's being explained. People think time is something they can dismiss. Time is something that's inevitable. Time is something that's going to come whether we want it to or not. But we know that that's not true. There are too many instances and too many examples of it simply ending without any notice. People say that they understand time. Well, my name is Martin Johnstone, and I disagree. I remind you, I invite you, I'll ask you to consider to pick up the phone, text somebody, email somebody, write a letter, send a card, do a quick doodle on the postcard and send it. Just let somebody know that distance, physical distance, it's not the same thing as time. The time that's passed since you saw them last and told them that you love them.